I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive for season five of The, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show. Okay, so what's, what's going on now? You're just getting home from rehearsal. Yeah, I'm literally taking off my tie while doing this. You're, what are you rehearsing? Into the Woods. Into the Woods. Into the Woods. Is that the Transylvanian production of Into the Woods? Yeah, it takes place in Transylvania. Matt is directing Into the Woods at Creative Cauldron that opens May 7th? May 7th is opening night. It, yeah. it, it starts, starts I think, the 5th. May 5th, yeah. Um, and how's that going? Good. It's going great. It's got a great cast and... We had a little run through of Act One today, which I think is the harder act, and um, yeah, we'll see. It's got a beat; you can dance to it. Yeah, and the the, uh, the lovely Susan Derry, who has been on our podcast and has been a part of many of our productions, is playing the witch. The witch of Transylvania. Well, I uh, want to introduce our guest today, who is not a witch. Um, but a lovely, lovely uh, friend of ours. Um, but she is perhaps the queen bee of the hive. Liz Albert, Elizabeth Albert, um, is our guest today. And we're going to get into talking to her in just a second. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. I'm good. I'm sitting here with my husband and co-host, Mr. Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Matt. How are you? Gosh, Liz, you did that really fast. You must have been ready to go. I'm si- you tell me 830. I'm ready at 830. I mean, most of our guests are sort of like thumbing through the rest of their <laughs> Facebook quotes. And sure, sh- sure. And I'm like, okay. Okay, so, well. Um, Liz, are you in Winchester tonight? I am in Winchester tonight. Yeah. I live in the hive, man. That's right. That's right. You are, you're, I, I, I am the hive. I am the hive. She is the queen bee of the <laughs> She's hive. She's the queen bee of the hive. That's beautiful. I, <laughs> that's very nice. I think I'm a worker bee sometimes, at least. Yeah, you have to be uh, a worker and then a queen and then sometimes a little right, right. drone. A little drone. Sometimes I got to sting people, you know, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> So and how Liz, are you guys? You're in Arlington, yeah? We are in Arlington, yes. Um, with two crazy pugs currently. I love we, it. I love them so much. We are about a half a mile from the Signature Theater in case they need us. Right. We're about two exits away from the Pentagon in case they need us. <laughs> and we're about uh, several miles away from the um, National Cathedral in case they need us. Okay. It is good to be prepared and to make sure that your bases are covered. Yeah. But what I've learned thus far after five decades of life is no one needs us. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants us. <laughs> That's why we had to start this podcast. <laughs> fake news, fake news. Oh my God. That's awesome. Now, Liz, were you and Stevie? Steve, were you all, you guys in the same graduating class? Yeah. Except yeah. I didn't graduate. So what years was that? Fish uh, 96 um, to 2000? Mm-hmm. Question mark? Yes, correct. But doesn't that seem like potentially 17 lifetimes ago? Oh, it was. <laughs> it absolutely was. I mean, that's that's been half of the joy of this um, podcast is like, 
oh my gosh, uh, some of some of you I have not spoken to in over two decades. Yeah, yeah. It wakes me out at the university when I talk to the students and something comes up and I realize they were not even born when I graduated college. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, what, what are you currently doing at the college? Uh, I am the operations manager for the theater division and the managing director for Shenandoah Summer Music Theater. Does that mean you're Sue? Correct. Yes. I I'm said Sue that on, on the podcast, steroids. didn't I? I said, I think she's Sue now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you yep, know what, I'm... Liz? I mean, it must be a pretty fantastic window for you to have uh, you you having this fantastic window of not only having this job there now, but knowing what everyone's kind of going through and uh, being able to reassure or comfort or be everyone's advisor on like, okay, I've been here. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely have a unique perspective. You know, I'm from Winchester originally, I'm part of the community. I went to school there. I'm part of that community. Um, Hanley. So yeah, Hanley. And when the yeah, when the students are having their meltdowns and they think this is this has never happened to anyone, I'm like, oh, well, just ours aren't on record because it was before Facebook. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Well, we know about your amazing, talented dad. Um, Dr. Thomas Albert. Now, is that, does that, it, does that happen with you, all your family? What's that? Did everybody play an instrument or was everyone? Yes. Uh, yeah. My grandfather was um, a singer and a music teacher and um, he and my grandmother met um, in the army in um, World War II. And she was playing, she was a nurse. Um, so she was actually an officer and he was an enlisted man. Um, and she was playing the organ um, and he was singing and they met and there were, um, there were strict instructions for her to either break up with that enlisted man or go get married one or the other. And so, cause it was quite a scandal. So uh, they got married and thank, thank goodness they did. But yes, everybody, um, plays instruments and uh, lots of music teachers in my family. Uh, when I remember growing up, there would be like, uh, everybody would get out their instruments and we'd play, you know, we'd play music as a family, um, especially when the extended family would get together, like the music nerds that we all were. So, yeah. Oh, that's fan- I Do I remember that your brother plays uh, an instrument as well? Yeah. My brother is a professional violinist and he, um, he had a performance career for a long time and is still performing and he teaches at the university of Michigan now as well. Oh, the university of Michigan. I know. So fancy. Yeah. When we see the Michigan uh, graduates, we always put them in a separate pile. Like, Oh, we have to, <laughs> it, they're from Michigan. They're going to be on Broadway or be in the pit on Broadway or. Right. Um, the- my experience with the the students from University of Michigan, from the ones who come to SSMT, is that they're the nicest kids you've ever met. They're just like Midwestern, homegrown, super nice, super talented. Always a pleasure to have them. Well, when you, um, now that you've been at Shenandoah kind of most of your life in, in, in some way or another, because your dad's taught there and mm-hmm. whatnot, you've seen probably a lot of buildings and classrooms and programs like develop. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. I had to take something to the um, School of Pharmacy today, and I was walking through this like very nice, very new building that's on the campus of the hospital. Um, it's on the hospital campus, and I forgot that that is only a few years old. It's I think it's like from 2017, um, and things like that. Like there are, you know, there's that beautiful new health professions building that is across sort of catty corner from OBT now. And I can't even remember what it used to look like without the building there, you know, but it's fairly new. It's, I, I can't remember five, six years, something like that. Um, I was listening to, I was listening to when Ryan took a little tour of um, Winchester and he was driving around campus and trying to remember where things used to be. And I remember where things used to be, but I also get confused because I know where things are now, you know? Right. So like, I'm like, what did the student center look like? It looked like, it was white, right? Yeah. Was it white? And I remember those like arched windows on the back. And of course, all that's gone. It's it's they've redone the building and it looks totally different. But oh um, yeah, yeah. It had, like a, it had a it had a weird exit out the back. Yeah, and like a balcony or something, right? Did it have yeah, a and then on to, the back? to get in through from like the parking lot, there was like that weird kind of bridge. Yes. And yes. if if you walked past the snack shack. There was like a big open room that had a piano in it. Yeah, like a ballroom kind of thing, right? And that was the weird exit out the back that went downstairs. <laughs> yes, yes. And underneath right. were practice rooms. Practice rooms, yeah. Practice rooms. I could not remember for the life of me what was that. I was like, there was something underneath that we always used to go to. <laughs> Maybe I should remember that it was practice rooms. It was practice rooms. It was also some um, vocal studios as well. Uh, oh. be because when I took from Gene uh, Galvin, I took under the student center. You know, I sing in a church choir with Gene Galvin now. Oh mm. my gosh! Isn't that funny? I did. Uh, got at, at least one, if not two, shows with Gene. Maybe just one at the Wolf Trap. Yeah. I, I did two operas two and one that. of them was, I can't remember if he was in both of them or, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I ran into him in later life. I think wasn't. Can I tell you a funny story real quick? Wait until I, okay. I'm going to lose this thought. Okay, was continuing education under the student center as well? Oh man, I don't know. What does that just... mean? It was like a little office of continuing education. Um, I know for. I don't think I went there because I never continued, continued my... your education. <laughs> um. Okay, go ahead. Your your quick story. No, I was gonna say one night me and Beth went. <clears throat> We're hoping Beth stops in on the show one night if she's in fit into our busy schedule. Um, one night me and Beth Wentz was in the practice room doing something, and I'll never forget. It was the first time we kind of like maybe one of the few times we were like talking about our lives or whatever. And I said, you know, I I taught myself how to play the piano in the dark, and just like that, Beth, I think kind of like hit the lights. The, the, the room went dark and she said, well, there you go. And I composed a song that to this day, when I play it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this was written with Beth Wentz in the dark in a practice room. <laughs> Isn't so, that weird? Should that, should yeah. that, is that how my movie should open? <laughs> well, in the dark. there's definitely a title in there somewhere for sure. Yeah. There was at um, least a pop song from the 80s. Uh, <laughs> when he plays piano in the dark. Liz, what was your pursuit? What was your degree when you were with Steve? Was it music uh, theater performance? Yeah, I, I got a BFA in musical theater. And at the time you could, 
get a certificate in vocal performance as well. So I did the classical side as well. And then did you have to do any more college work to, to get your position where you are today? No, uh, no, I, I don't have a master's. I don't have a secondary degree. What is the difference between a master's and a bachelor's? Um, two I years. Mean, yeah, exactly. Two to three years. Does a master's mean you're going to be a teacher? No, not necessarily. It just means you studied something sort of beyond the um, original, you know, um, prescription of the course study. And, you know, it's what usually, it's what you, it is what is required if you are going to teach at the collegiate level. So like I can work at Shenandoah, but I can't teach because I don't have a master's. Right. But there are some schools where you can go to get your master's and they will help to pay that if you are teaching at that school, right? Yeah. yeah. There are some schools and, and Shenandoah included where it usually says in the, especially now, because, you know, as we're thinking about more about accessibility and less gatekeeping, there are more things that say a master's or equivalent professional experience. So you might hire somebody who's had 20 years on Broadway, but doesn't have a master's, you know, so like that 20 years on Broadway, we think you know what you're talking about. So um, gotcha. that kind of thing. So, 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 so yeah. we also don't meet that criteria. Good to know. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? I don't meet that, that criteria. You <laughs> have you been on Broadway? Experience. I was in the dressing rooms at the Niederlander. Okay. All right. With, <laughs> as a visitor. As a visitor. Yeah. Um, so do you think Liz, just, just out of curiosity, um, since you're already there, do you think you would ever like speaking, going back to continuing education, do you think you Mm -hmm. would ever do more school to be able to teach at the university? Um, I thought about it from time to time. I think there are things that interest me. I I mean, I do think sort of, I, you know, in the blood or whatever, but I do think I'm sort of a natural born teacher, but I don't know that I want the academic life. Let me put it that way. That's not, that's not something that particularly interests me. Of course, um, you know, being able to get your master's like as a benefit uh, for faculty and staff, you know, there are tuition benefits. And um, so I thought about getting my master's, you know, a little bit at a time just because it's paid for. So why not? But it's also a lot of work. So I have to balance what I can reasonably do, you know. You know, I think one of the reasons I really enjoyed the arts, enjoy enjoying um, past, present, and future, um, is because I'm really only engaged in learning if I'm actually kind of like a an action verb or I'm doing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me a textbook on like how to do a, 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 some sort of like computer program or a book to read about Shakespeare or whatever. And I'm like totally thinking about something else while I'm reading mm-hmm. it. Right. And, but the arts allow you to like use your brain, use your, like your left brain, your right brain, just everything all at the same time. Maybe you're using your body. You're thinking about how, you know, how you are going to make something, um, create something. It's a different part of the brain for sure. Don't we have a unique connection? Stephen, have you ever done Fiddler? Uh, I've, I've done Fiddler two times. Yeah. Were yeah, you in, were we, were we three in Fiddler? No. No. Liz, were, no, I think me and you were in Fiddler together, right? Um, did I play in the pit for the first time that you did Fiddler? I think, like, think so. Was, 
Y- yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yes. And I had to fake playing the fiddle. Because oh I was I the fiddler had, on the roof. And I memory. used to think that that was maybe not a very important role. Oh, it's only until I saw the production of Ani where the fiddler was in the basement. Oh. Um, but would you believe, and maybe, maybe you think this too, I think that that is one of the most perfect shows, book, lyrics, and music, and just story. Agreed. It's what it is. It's a, it is a really well-written piece. It's, you know, heart wrenching. It's funny. It's, it, it resonates with everybody, even though it's a, it's a story about a very specific culture that most of the people seeing it are not, you know, but it resonates with everybody because it's about family and all that stuff. And everyone relates immediately to the opening number tradition, no matter if you are doing those traditions or others, you still know what that means. Exactly. Exactly. But you because it sets the rules of the world. Well, if anyone ever right. talks to me about musical theater, like, you know, I'm not some sort of expert or whatever, but I say the the uh formula of fiddler on the roof is like should be taught in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not super analytical about pieces, but I have heard that as well that um that that is like the perfect the perfect musical. Okay, we're going to go down. This is unexpected, Stephen. Oh, good. This is like the oh. bonus round in Jeopardy, but it's going to be more than one question. Okay. <laughs> so, Liz, you just made me realize that you wear a million different kind of hats. I do. So, okay, let's go back. You were, you've were you been in the pit playing Correct. what? Violin. So you are a violinist in the pit of musical theater. Right. You are also a performer being in shows, uh, I'm assuming even beyond music theater. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then you've also done um, uh, administrative work for like SSMT. Yes. Now, what does that include? Making posters? Nope. You get to you get to you get to say to the guy, yeah, this isn't the image I was looking for this year for Pitt. <laughs> yeah, no, we do we do um, deal with marketing and all that kind of stuff, but things have changed a little bit since driving around and putting up posters all over town. Right. Um, but yeah, so I'm basically I'm your company manager, I'm your hiring manager, I'm your front of house manager, your marketing and publicity manager, your um, operations, logistics, I deal with licensing, anything that anybody needs to do their job, I, I make it happen. So sort of all of the moving pieces so that when the first technicians arrive and start their work, everything is ready. The first rehearsal begins, everything is ready. You know, I take care of everybody throughout the season and make sure everybody's doing well, having what they need. And then um, the audience is enjoying themselves, having a good time. What's happening this this summer? We're doing 42nd Street. Which I've never Brit- seen. Um, I can't, I can barely remember it. I, I looked it up when, um, a few weeks ago because we did some auditions in New York and I just had this clear as a bell memory of Chris Coop singing Quarter to Nine with Robin Higginbotham at her feet. And it was from, I don't know, 93, 92, something like that. Um, and the second one is the Bridges of Madison County, which I've never seen, but um, excited about. 
and then the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella, the new Broadway version. So it's going to be a busy summer. And the, and the summer season has now gone from what used to be four to a sensible three. To a sensible three, indeed. And every time we get to the third one, I think, I can't believe we used to do four. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and is it still the, the two-week kind of rehearsal and yep. go? Two-week rehearsal, two-week run. So everything is just like bing, bang, boom. So all together, it's eight weeks for the actors and 10 weeks for the technician. It's just so unreal. If you've never done summer stock before, the the intensity, the excitement, it's almost like you're so exhausted, but the energy keeps, you know, making you go because you're in this sort of like um, zone. Well, it's like a sporting event kind of. Yeah, like yeah. You're all in the same sort of athleticism, go, 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 go. You're exhausted at night, but what do you do? You go home and stay up later. Right. And right. Uh, you're, you're doing one thing by, while learning another thing. And, um, you know, if people have never done shows and aren't in theater, I mean, it's just what they say about people being in show business is just so true. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of energy that it takes and, when you look at it on paper, you think this cannot be possible. And of course, the scale of productions, the size of things has grown so exponentially, um, you know, over the last decade or so. And, you know, when I watch something come down, remember, we used to have our closing night used to be Sunday evening. And so we wouldn't start strike until 10, 11 o'clock at night, and then have to change over and get the new show in and everything and start tech on Tuesday. I can't believe we used to do that. Um, but, you know, when I watch them take a show down in one evening and bring in the next show and start teching it, you know, the next day and everything, it's just, it's a pretty phenomenal um, magic, you know, that happens. And you're right. Everybody's super tired. We're all pressing forward, but we're feeding off of each other. Nobody wants to let anybody else down. It's a team sport, you know? Well, yeah, and like everything you do, no matter if it's you playing the violin in the pit, or you being in the show as a performer, or you being in charge of managing something now or whatever, it's almost like a social, um, what am I trying to say for the community? It's like a, a social job. It's I mean, we're there to serve. Yeah, it's a community service kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And that drives you even more because you know that people are going to come up to you and say, oh, my God, we loved it. Yeah. Or well, I, I always feel like and I, I definitely felt like this after college. It was solidified for me after college when I was doing regional theater in a couple of different places. But I thought, you know, people who study theater and have ambitions of Broadway and everything, and that's wonderful. But I think there were so many opportunities to teach us about other kinds of theater because for most of America, they're never going to get to New York. They're never going to get to see a Broadway show. So their experience with theater is whatever is accessible to them. It's whatever comes through their town or is performances in the summer or the high school play or whatever they see that's their experience with theater. So it's important to make all of that quality and everything, you know, that touches communities should be good and should be wonderful because to them, that's, that is their Broadway. That's what they get to see. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I was once in a show in Middleburg with Tom Schweitzer and Meredith Long was in the cast. Mm -hmm. And this very young kid, we were outside kind of talking about this. Who are you? Who are you? What do you do? What do you do? And we'd been working together for maybe a couple of weeks. And he said, what's the difference between equity and non-equity? And she very quickly said, well, it's really just how you want to get, how much you want to get paid and how you want to live. And then he said, well, what's the difference between like Broadway and like doing a show here? And she laughed and said, well, it's about how much you want to make and how, and how you, you want to live. And how you want to live. That's fair. And, That's fair. And that is true. Like there's so many people who go in and out of, of the arts in so many different ways. And there's this there's this weird pressure that I wish I had known. I don't think I really knew myself when I was in college. No, 100%. And, and I think I was trying to be someone that wasn't me. Sure. Because all I knew was nothing. <laughs> I came from, you know, an area that I just had not had a lot of theatrical um experiences so I didn't really have anyone to like to look up to say oh I want I want to be this person or I want to be that right. person and um I remember in my voice I studied with Jackson Sheets were you with Jackson mm -hmm. Sheets nope I studied with Jeanette Og and then Amy Spazzato uh, um I was with Jackson Sheets and I love mm -hmm. and adore Jackson Sheets but I remember in some way I wish that Jackson had try to make lemonade out of my lemons <laughs> rather than trying to turn me into an orange. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's not in a, on a, a, a statement on his amazing, beautiful voice studio. But um, I find now as a teacher, sometimes I really try to, to figure out, uh, you know, how this person is learning. Once again, I'm not really a right. very good academic learner. Um, but anyways, I'm not sure why I'm talking about my beautiful voice. But you, well, sure, because it's stunning. But you hone in on like what, what someone's talent is, or what you know, what they, what spark they might have inside them, and you, you know, you concentrate on like how can I make you be the best that can be. Right. I mean, you. I. It's it's you. Yeah, I felt like, oh, this is back to the Broadway thing. I felt like in my mind somewhere, now no one told me this, this is me making all of this up, but I felt like somewhere if I wasn't pursuing to be the leading man in New York City yeah. at the age of 27, which I went to school late, then I wasn't really doing what I needed to do. I think that is a fair assessment. I think I felt that as well. And I think unfortunately, you know, we've come a long way, but we haven't. I think that, um, you know, there are a lot of students who feel that pressure too, and they don't want to admit to anyone that maybe that isn't what they want anymore. Like maybe they wanted that when they were 17, but after a few years studying, they're like, yeah, I'm actually interested in, you know, like they start to take a left turn or they start to take a right turn and they're like, I, I really love this, but I love this thing that's adjacent or I want to learn more about producing or management or I want to learn more about script writing or I want to write musicals with my partner you know that kind of thing like there there wasn't anybody to say yeah that's cool and you should explore that um we just didn't have a lot of different viewpoints to choose from you know or currently um, now that we don't have to hang up posters I want to be Liz's assistant <laughs> you're hired you're hired wait wait a minute wait a minute 
didn't we have to? Didn't we have to drive around and put those up in Winchester? Yes, we did. We Wasn't did that, that for all all the shows and in the summer? If you were Sue's assistant, that was a big part of your job. Was driving was like two hundred posters. You had to drive all over the counties, putting them up all over the place. Stevie, now we have social media for that. Right, right, right. No, I was just going back to the statement that Liz made about like most people not going to Broadway to see a show or whatever. This is just a fun tidbit for anyone out there. My mom used to work with uh, a woman who thought that Broadway wasn't actually a physical place, but it was a magical place that moved all around the country. Because it's like Brigadoon. Well, because. <laughs> she got confused because in Pittsburgh, the, you know, where uh, the area I grew up, uh, she said, well, they said, uh, they always say Broadway comes to Pittsburgh. So she <laughs> thought, bless her heart, because you know, they packed up Broadway. <laughs> the the Benedum yeah. Center houses tours that that meant, you know, that well, Broadway moves around. So not only will they not, a majority not see a Broadway show, they may not even know it's a physical place. So there's that. <laughs> well, even now that me and Steven still do what we do, and I'm not sure what it is that we do. Yeah. What is what we do? We sit on our couch and we talk to Liz. Mm. It's a good plan. Um, yeah. You know, even now, if I, if I hear my mom or an uncle talk about me in some sort of way, you know, they're like, if someone dies or something, it's like, oh, gosh, we were at blah, blah, blah's funeral. I told them that you were doing fine. He said, is he still up there in New York? And I said, he sure is. <laughs> really? You know, and, and to them, New York means like, Arlington. He, well, they know it means he's doing something in the music and arts world, you know. Okay. And I'm like, okay. well, no, actually, I live right across from the McDonald's on, in, in Arlington. Oh, the McDonald's yeah. in Arlington. That one. Yeah. That one. There's only one outside of our house. Um, Liz, uh, yeah. I recall many fond memories uh, spending time with you in the college years. Yeah. I, will, I will highlight a few here. Please feel free to add on or correct. Is this, like, is this like a word association game? This is a, this is your life. Oh, yeah. Like, I, might, I might have to like say la, 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 if you say too much. <laughs> or or all of a sudden the connection goes bad and we. Okay, I'll just yeah. hang up. <laughs> I remember. There's a button here that says leave recording. I remember mm. you performing the song Unusual Way from Nine. Yeah, that was your favorite. It was the first time I had ever heard the song. Two, I can never hear it any different way now than hearing you in my head. Oh, um, that's so nice. Because you kill that song. And so whenever I would see Liz, I would um, yell, you're the reason. Um, <laughs> you're the reason why. Mm -hmm. You're the is reason it, is why. Is it the most beautiful song from Nine? Yeah, yeah. I think so. It is oh, a yeah. beautiful song. Um, that was one lovely memory. Um, our our incredible improv uh, of chicken and stuff. Chicken and stuff. <laughs> I can't. The loose details of the improv plot were like an affair that yes, I was having why, with Leslie Immel. Why were we improving that in your house? Backyard. What, why were we doing that? Like, was it an assignment of some kind? Yeah, we had to do. I can't recall. Mm. All I know is is. 
I at, came home, I came home for dinner for from work and God, it's it was so patriarchal. Um, <laughs> I said, "Hi, honey, I'm home. What's for dinner?" And she said, "Chicken and stuff." <laughs> I always yep. wondered what the stuff was. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, um, and then of course uh, we we've done a lot of shows together during our time there, but uh, the little night music is still like one of my favorites. I was listening to you talk about that with Katie, and I just thought like I'm so glad that was somebody else's favorite memory too, because it's it's definitely was the highlight of my college performance career. I just loved that. Oh my god, we got so lucky there at the end. Um, yeah, could have gone well, worse. And- it could have gone well, and it did. It did, you know, the next, what was it, earlier that year with that show that shall not be named. But um, my music was just such a wonderful experience. And like when I look back on it now, I think how inc- incredibly inappropriate was it for 20 year olds to be doing that show. But also, I'm so glad that we had that chance to do it, you know? Well, rewind one score. year and you guys were doing follies. So, right. <laughs> so. Even, so more, even inappropriate. more inappropriate, right? But also, the- that score, you know, like to be able to sing those scores was just a, a wonderful opportunity. And I loved a little night music to this day is still one of my favorite shows. There's some, there's some sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for, Stephen? There's some sort of like elegance and class. Not that everyone has to feel rich and fancy, but there's something about the elegant writing of it that feels almost operatic. Mm-hmm. That makes it almost so epic feeling. It just feels like you're watching uh, many more characters than you're seeing and the story is much bigger than what it is. Right. Because yeah. it's really a, it's really about like you know, nonsense. It's like playground nonsense and people who can't really talk to each other in relationships that don't quite work and nothing is quite right, you know, but it's so beautiful. The, the music is so stunning and like, what a, what a beautiful piece of art that is. Yeah. I, it was, it was so wonderful to, to be able to, you know, uh, I say it's, it's not like the show is produced all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it probably will be now, um, <laughs> given the the master's recent death and everyone yeah. doing Sondheim everywhere. Well, there's something so different, and uh, and I'm not a scholar on any of this stuff, but I did take dance with Robin Hart Schroth, so I think I am. <laughs> um, you know, there is uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is a, an amazing composer, and if you s- sing Phantom or cats or whatever it's beautiful lush melodies and chords that sound like it's you know very um very lush ripped Mm -hmm. off from Pacini but you know when you do a Sondheim show somehow Sondheim Sondheim's work has somehow made your work more simple and also more complex at the same time because his lyrics are almost a puzzle that he's already laid out for the character that you half of your work is already done about figuring out what what the composer wants you to feel for this 
character. Right. Like the characters are incredibly well fleshed out, well laid out. You don't have any questions about what they're feeling, or what they want. Like, you know, those intentions in every single song, you know? Yeah. Um, well, Stephen, I always remember that um, solo that you had. The Is it late? Now, right? Uh, later. Portion? Later. <laughs> one of those you have later and you just you're saying that so beautifully I remember waiting in the wings to come on and just enjoying every minute of it every minute of it It was so beautiful that trio is one of my favorite pieces of music in existence yeah it's just stunning there's also something you mean better than the Dolly Parton Mandrell sisters Christmas album yes um There's also something so brilliant about, I mean, not this is not the Little Night Music podcast, but for like five minutes it can be. Um, uh, Even the way the show is structured with, you know, all these kind of, um, not three ways, I don't want to say that. Love triangles. triangles. They're love triangles. And And everything is in three. It's a waltz. It's everything. Everything has, has, you know, perfect corners and, um, and imperfect corners, you know. And, and the night waltz kind of shows you everybody's, which happens at the top of the show, right? kind of in choreography and staging shows you who everybody is before you meet them mm-hmm. and what their relationship is and how brilliant that is. Um, just through this kind of like, la, 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 you know? Yep. Uh, you yep. get all this stuff. Um, and it was such a fun, fun... Uh, uh, just being introduced to that um, score and getting to hear you sing every day, a little death, which is just mm. one of the smartest songs. Yep. Um, yeah. Where she, the, the character that you played of Charlotte just kind of finally like venting everything that she cannot stand about her own life. And it gets summed up kind of near the end, but not at the end with, ah, uh, well, yeah, I always remember that. Like, that's the that is the whole point of the song is the sort of ah oh, well. This is uh, what it is. Yeah, but that's this the song. That's the song that I heard someone sing, probably on some sort of like you know performance form or something outside of the context of the show. That mm-hmm. I was like floored because I was like, oh my god, where the who just who where's that song from? Yeah, because the words were like so piercing. Yes. Oh my gosh. And weekend in the country, like that whole the way those things layer together and everything for the end of Act One, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So it sounds like we need to do either a reunion concert or um, so some some form of like, is your living room big enough? Should we just well, I'm going to call. I'm going to call someone who's in in. Uh, at SSMT, <laughs> and I'm going to say, hey, look, here's the idea. I don't need any money or credit. Uh, just put my name at the bottom of the program. But what if at the end, starting in 2020, where, what year is it? 2022. I don't know. Like 2023, at the end of SSMT, there's going to be a one-night-only reunion concert <laughs> of blah, blah, blah. No one would come. <laughs> well... It's funny that you mentioned that, Matthew, but um, we decided, you remember, um, we're taking a a sharp right turn here, but remember um, for all of the years of SSMT, there was always a big gala at the beginning of the season and 
you know, it was like themed after the first show and there was a tent and all that stuff. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. It's too expensive. And, um, uh, but there, there needs to be something, you know? And so we've tried a couple of different iterations of it. And this year we decided, well, we decided this in 2020, but you know, didn't happen. Um, but this year we're going to do, instead of at the beginning of the summer, we'll do it towards the end of the summer. It will be like a block party out on the OBT lawn with a performance where we will invite alumni to come back and do sort of cabaret style, maybe some of their favorite hits. And we'll have like food trucks and, you know, just lots of fun on the lawn. Um, and so we are going to be inviting alumni back. And oh, that's I would exciting. love it if you guys are free, if you could come. Me and Steve, I'll sing. Me and Steven will sing. Anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> and Steven like, oh. that's fun, Liz. Yeah, send us information. Um, we'd love to try to come to do that. Um, I hope you guys accept pugs. Um, yeah. at your Please parties. Yep. Um, it's it's so interesting. Um, Matthew and I were last at. Shenandoah in 2014 and even saying that out loud is kind of like we were where at yeah, Shenandoah right. when 2014 huh I can't hear you yeah exactly um <laughs> you know what we I know I don't I was, I was going to ask what happened during COVID now that you finished your thought but I feel like I don't know what day it is yeah yeah a hundred percent yeah but you you brought shows over right we well yeah, we had done our uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow in the studio theater. Which is getting ready to be done again. Yes, the show is coming back for the first time since 2014. Um, We're moving Broadway to Falls Church. <laughs> Broadway moves around. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it, when we were there, we had our last pug who passed away in 2015. But we brought him uh, to rehearsal in his stroller. He was paralyzed, God bless him. And we pushed him around like we were insane. And um, I think it was the show that killed him. Yeah, no. <laughs> They're just good dads. That's all. I think but, I saw that. I think I had either just moved back to town. And I think I, it was before I came to work there, but I saw it. Um, and I, it was like, I remember it was in Glazed, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, we're doing yeah. it again. We took out all the weird stuff. Oh, man. Well, uh -huh. well, it's just changed. Yes, no longer about the cult. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. Um, what happened during the darker ages period window of COVID at the university? Did you guys yeah. like show movies? <laughs> <laughs> we tried to make them. We we did that. I'm whole, sure everybody like, was teaching too. online. Yeah, it, it was. It was a weird. Obviously, it was weird for everybody. But you know that spring that it was happening. We all went home, so we were all working remotely um, and finished out the semester and everybody was trying to do stuff on Zoom and everything. And there were pluses and minuses to that time period. You know, I, I learned how to entertain myself in a different way because there was nobody else around. Um, but we were back in the offices starting in July of 2020. So, and then we were back in person for um, the semester um, in the fall and they did, um, like a hybrid, uh, like a flex, uh, system for all the classes. So if you had a Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday class, half the group went in person on Mondays and the other half did zoom on Mondays. 
and then it switched on Wednesdays. So you got to be in person, but distanced out and masked and everything once a week while you sat in your dorm room or your apartment or whatever and did your class remotely once a week. So, um, and then at that time, of course, what are the super spreader things? Singing, acting, dancing, you know? So all of those things had to be done mostly remotely. Like they did not at any point last year have any voice lessons on campus. All voice lessons were remote. Um, what else did we do? Oh, they did. A, we did a lot of like tried to do um, filmed projects um, so that the students were working on theater. But of course, we couldn't share it with anybody. We couldn't invite audiences in. So we did a lot of filmed projects, which I'm sure. Did you guys work on anything like that during the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody was trying and, to adapt. Yeah. And it, like, bless everybody for trying to adapt and exploring new mediums and trying to work with what we have. But if I never see another filmed version of a theatrical production again, I'd be fine. Yeah. Um, and, and that's sort of the general gist from what I talk to from other people. They're just like, you know, I'm glad we had it. I'm glad we did it. And I don't ever want to do it again. You know, it's not what we do. Sure. Um, well, and the students... Go ahead. No, no, no. You go. No, I was going to say the students, like, I think the students who were in attendance in um, 2020, 2020 and 2021 were some of the most dedicated and uh, responsible and interested and curious people who just wanted to, you know, continue their career or start their career. Like people who were freshmen that year, I can't believe you know, like it, they decided to come to college during a pandemic. It was so to study musical theater or study acting or some, something like that, you know, um, just so brave. It was just so very brave. And um, they definitely were. Um, I, I was so impressed and really proud with the way that everybody took care of each other. They took care with each other. Like there were not, I just, I heard stories from other universities with people like, not masking properly, not distancing, not, you know, putting each other at risk, having parties and stuff. And uh, the conservatory students in particular, like if somebody on campus did have a party and caused the lockdown, the conservatory students were so pissed because that meant they couldn't do anything for two weeks while they had to be quarantined, you know? And they were like, you're getting in the way of our education by having this party. And so um, it was, it was a wild year for sure. I'm really glad that pandemic didn't happen when I was in college. Cause I'm not really <laughs> sure on which side of that fence I would have been. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the other thing I was going to say, which is just wild to think about, you know, you're a college if you're lucky, you know, for four years. So like right. a, a whole year or two of this changed dynamic. I mean, it must yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking to me to think about like yeah. it, your entire college experience or half of it, yeah, um, half of or, it or the sure. end of it, if you were a senior or whatever. Yeah, Just, they got, well, the ones who graduated in 2020 got the worst end of the deal because they were living their, their normal lives. And then all of a sudden it was just ripped away from them and there were no ways to make it better. You know what I mean? Like they never came back. They never came back to school after spring break. And the ones who graduated last year had some sense of normalcy by the end of the year because the vaccines were rolling out. We were able to, you know, do a few more things. 
Um, and the ones this year, I, I just, the thing that is just so like heartwarming is the, um, the, the gratitude and um, joy in the students when they finally get to do something that feels normal. They're like, we did a, a staged reading or something and all the, um, I think in the fall of 20, 2020, and they all were on stage, you know, six feet apart. And we had, oh my God, we had to stand there and be like, no, that's too close. Cause it was, when you're singing, you can't be six feet apart. You have to be 10 feet apart. And, you know, measuring out like, is this chair too close to this chair and everything. And they were all on stage and they had been tested so that they could sing. And they were all like, oh my God, you guys, it's like a real performance. And it was for a camera, you know, <laughs> it was just yeah, being recorded. Right. But they were so excited to be in the same room, singing all together with their masks off. It was just like so much joy and um, heart, you know, just in being able to do the thing that they love finally. So, And SU was really that. great about rolling out the vaccines with the like medical yeah. school working hand in hand and everything, right? Yep. We have a mass vaccination site. Um, in the big new athletic center. Um, and it started with when the vaccinations were rolling out at Christmas time, um, they were rolling out like at the hospital and SU you know, has a good partnership with the hospital. And so they reached out to faculty and staff and said, if you wanna volunteer any time to help with the vaccination site, you know, we'll pay you a little bit. Um, and so, like I started with that because I needed to do something. I was like losing my mind. and. Um, it was just so wonderful to be part of something that was like taking a positive step forward. So I kept volunteering after that. And then the mass vaccination site opened on campus and they, you know, they needed to staff it. So the, um, the nurses and the, the uh, physical therapists, anybody who was qualified to give a shot was in there, you know, volunteering every day for a couple of hours and, dispensing shots and then they started getting people from the community like retired doctors retired nurses and stuff to come in um and i was helping a lot with the administration for all of that and it was just it was amazing to see how many i think they said they ended up doing 30 no fifty thousand shots in arms or something like that i can't remember wow um but the campus itself is 97 percent vaccinated and that is largely because we had access, you know, it was right there. So. Um, God, y'all sound like Arlington. Well, that would, would be nice if we're just like Arlington. <laughs> I was just talking in vaccination rate. Maddie, you, you wanted to say something? I was just going to go back to the, the, the um, performing live versus not performing live. And now that we've kind of been through this, you know, there is something physically uh mentally spiritually anything else that ends in e mm -hmm. that happens when you connect with the vibration of an instrument a voice uh, a body in the sanctuary and in the temple of what we do with the arts whether it be watching a play with no music or a dance recital or whatever that mm -hmm. physical experience is not i mean it, it is translates to the windows of computers and televisions, but it, it comes through with a little bit less uh, vibration because you can like kind of feel the thump of the bass in your yeah. heart. There's, there's a, uh, I mean, there's a reason that film is its own art, you know, and they make it, they, 
they know how to make it seem as real to you as if they are in the next, or as, as if they are in the room, but there's nothing like looking at a live person across the room doing something or experiencing something or telling you something. Um, we often have to deal with, um, like one of my little chores that I have to do is I have to understand if there's anything that needs an audience warning, like language or, you know, content or anything like that. And one of the reasons we're always really careful with it is because we're comfortable seeing things on TV that we do not want to see right in front of us with a real person, you know? And so like somebody saying something on our TV, we're fine with our children hearing it, seeing it, whatever. But when someone is saying it right in front of you and they're real, it has a different impact. And that's, that goes for, you know, things we need to warn about, but it also goes for storytelling and you know experiencing of emotion and everything is that it is it is so much more real when it's right in front of you yeah and once again if if there's someone that doesn't know what the experience feels like i feel like i've lost a little bit of language mm -hmm. about what it's almost like someone who doesn't like a, a dog or a cat i'm kind of like oh i don't know if we're going to be friends <laughs> correct i am super mindful of your time um oh, thank you but I just want to, because I saw your Facebook status, and girl, you have a lot of things going on. So I gave yeah. you a picture of the puppies to make you feel better. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and they're not posed. That's that's actually that's how them. we walked in on that. That was literally, yeah. no, you were on the bed, and I was getting ready to leave to go teach, and I opened the door, and I said, Stephen, grab your phone. And they were just sitting there touching oh, each other. It. Yes. Oh, my God. They want to be in Sideshow, the musical. Yeah. They love each other. How did you get them i forget just a couple of months apart i thought that was fairly close they're and from uh percyville no you always forget where they're from they're from culpepper they're from culpepper oh, virginia culpepper. gotcha gotcha um so i just want to end with the same stuff we always ask everybody because we're just curious yes. Is there anything that you are like binging, got into recently on streaming devices that you just love or recommend? Um, well, I did hit pause on, I think, episode six of the Bridgerton season two. Um, so I don't know how the wedding ends. I'll tell you in like half an hour. <laughs> um, I love, love Inventing Anna. I that, binge that one. Inventing um, Anna? Yes. Oh my gosh. I knew nothing about that case. And now I'm like on a podcast. I'm deep in, I'm deep in. Um, I loved dope sick. Did you guys watch that? Not yet. No. no, but we've heard. Yeah. It's on Hulu and it's really good. I, it's unfortunate that all of the women have terrible wigs, but other than that, the show is fantastic and the story is really good. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things I've watched fairly recently and been into. Is there anything that you've read recently that you have or uh, could recommend? Oh, gosh. I read a lot and none of it is worth talking about. <laughs> like, like when I discovered that the Bridgerton series was seven books, I was like, great, I'm going to read all of that. And like, I'll just devour novels like that, but nothing um, of any consequence. I like to just be entertained. Uh, that there's nothing wrong with that because <laughs> we clearly read books like that as well. Um, uh, okay. And uh, so 
if people want to follow uh, the, the Shenandoah Summer Theater news, it's uh, all, all on the website for Shenandoah, right? Yep, it's all on the website. Um, our website is ssmtva.org. And on uh, social media, we're at ssmtva. So Instagram and Facebook, give us a follow. Awesome. Well, send us some detail on that thing if you want yeah, to yeah. see if we can get out there. Um, it's so far. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's a long way. You have to drive past some Trump signs. I'm not going to lie. Like an hour and a half. I can't. Yeah. Um, all right, Liz, well, we love you. Abushal we love you, pack. too. And thank, thank you. Thank for... you so much for having me. Oh, my God. It's a dream to yes, hear your voice and you know, again. I, I keep forgetting we want to get Kevin on the show and talk about what's up. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thanks, Liz, so much. Love Thank to you. you guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much, Liz, for catching up with us. We love talking to you, and um, it's going to be an exciting summer back at Summer Theater, and I'm so excited that you're back there holding the torch and being the uh, amazing human that you are. We loved catching up. Um, yeah, we had a great time catching up. It's like, you know, we feel like there's been no t- no time has passed. Exactly. Although time has passed. Yes, and time is coming up on your Into the Woods again. So uh, I guess if, if you are in the DMV area and want to watch Matt's incredibly re-envisioned Into the Woods production, I advise it. He's told me things he's doing. I've never heard the things he's doing with Into the Woods being done with Into the Woods, so. The cow is a giraffe. That's not true, but anyway. um, If you want to learn more about us, visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, TikTok under Connor and Smith, again with an E-R. Please write, review, uh, subscribe, do all the things. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. We appreciate all of it. And yeah, um, that's about all. We have another guest uh, coming tomorrow. And we are glad that everyone's listening. There's a healthy listenership for this SU season, um, which shouldn't be shocking, but is a little shocking to me. Everybody's digging it. So um Check Thank out the you. Discord board. Check out the Discord. Yeah, we have the, a Discord thing. I'll put it in the description um, where photos are being shared um, that aren't on social media. Also, there's a Spotify playlist of late 90s music. Please go add whatever songs you think are missing that should be there. Um, it's a great playlist. It's how we make a mixtape in the modern times. So thank you so much, and we will... See you soon. See you soon. Tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Bye.